The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, emerging perspectives on people, process, and profits. Your host is Olivia Parr-Rood. In today's fast-paced, high-tech global economy, the business landscape is constantly evolving. To be successful, companies must continually adapt as well as identify and exploit new opportunities. Now, here is the host of Quantum Business Insights, Olivia Parr-Rood. Hi, Olivia here. Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, where each week we explore new perspectives on the changing nature of business with thought leaders from around the world. And with a special emphasis on what I feel is our most valuable asset, our human capital. Today, I am very excited to have as my guest, Dr. Paul Shu, and we'll be discussing strength through diversity, our immigrant heritage. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Paul. He is a business leader, engineer, and a Harvard Senior Fellow, and a lifelong entrepreneur. Born in Taiwan, Paul came to the United States as a young man and found it to be a place of endless opportunity. Through hard work and persistence, Paul became a successful businessman, and I'm delighted to have him here today to share his story. So, Paul, welcome to Quantum Business Insights. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you for having me. It's quite an honor to be on your show. Oh, thank you. So I wanted to interview you today because I hear from leaders of large and mid-sized companies that innovation is critical. And with the complexity of today's global economy, we all have to learn to think like entrepreneurs. So our focus today is on how immigrants have shaped America. But as I have a global audience, I think it's true for any country. So my question is, how do you think immigrants contribute to the entrepreneurial spirit in America? Well, um, America itself is a, is a country of immigrants. Um, and, you know, immigrants and entrepreneurs, uh, they kind of share a, a very particular uh, state of mind or mindset, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the group of people, they are very eager to, uh, to be successful. They have the passion to achieve, and they, they have a very strong work ethics, and they're willing to sacrifice, and, they, and they, they make the calculated risk all the time. But most importantly, I think, I think they, they have the, the special capability to recognize the opportunity. So, so I think that's the reason, uh, 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 you know, their their 30% uh, immigrants are more likely to start their their business in America than than the uh, the non-immigrants Americans. So you think just the fact that they perhaps had the courage to come to a new place, they're maybe a little bit more willing to take risks. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, because uh, because immigrants. Um, Immigrants kind of a, they don't they don't really take anything for granted. Um, mm. They 
they appreciate what this country have offered to them. And to me, you know, uh, live liberty and the pursuit of happiness really have a special, special meaning uh, to me uh, as an immigrant. Uh, just like uh, Eleanor Roosevelt once said, the future actually belongs to those who believe in their their own little dreams. So, uh, so I, I believe the immigrants uh, uh, just have. You know, I have the tendency to uh, very easy for them to start their own business and to create something for themselves. Well, it's interesting um, that you mentioned that about what we can dream up because they're now one of the reasons I call my show Quantum Business Insights is because they're now proving in quantum physics that what you focus mm-hmm. on and what you imagine is what you create, right? It's Right. It's it's almost scientific in a way, and yet, and we see it in our experience. So I did not. I'm not an immigrant, and I feel like I, you know, had some privilege. But I think for me, what what gave me a much greater appreciation of what we have here is traveling to other countries and see how seeing how people are not able to do the things that they can do in this country, and also. Um, just having the tools and, like you say, the freedom, I think it is really unique to this country. So right. what do you say to people who, who feel like they don't have opportunity and they've never really gotten that contrast? Do you have any words for people like that? Uh, you, 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 well, in, well let, let me put it this way. Um, it, it, in America, okay, uh, as I know, we we have a we have a um, I guess you call it five very important elements to make up the American dream, um, and that kind of a sit apart from us to the rest of the people in this world. Um, and we have freedom, we have ingenuity, we have integrity, we have opportunities, and we have inclusion. And let me just explain that very quickly. Freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are so many, so many nations around the world value freedom as a principle. But you see, only America. We 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 value freedom as our core value. And ingenuity. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of a strange. America is the only country in this world that you can arrive with nothing, and then you can become an entrepreneur. I, I'm a I'm a living proof with that. I, I got five hundred dollars <laughs> in my pocket. And, uh, you know, and I did what I want to do. And, and also, in fact, it's courage. Um, mm-hmm. See, only in America, the government will say to the banker that you go ahead and long him the money or long her the money. And even, you know, you're not sure, you know, he or she be able to, to repay it. But I, the government of the United States, I will guarantee 85% of it. So in other words, if the if the small businessman or woman fail, then the government you know will guarantee eighty five percent. So lower the uh, banker's risk from hundred percent down to fifteen percent. And integrity, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it, uh, like like you said, if, if you never live in uh, or done business internationally, you probably don't appreciate how you know uh, what kind of a high level of integrity uh, in in America. Yes, we have some crooks. And um, but trust me, we have much less crooks compared with the rest of the world. 
And mm-hmm. opportunity, you know, uh, my God, we are, you know, our GDP is $16.2 trillion. We, uh, we are higher than the, the, the next four country combined. And, uh, you know, it's it just all kinds of reason that, that America is, is still would be the leader uh, in a powerful country in, in, in the world. And, and inclusion, I, I, let me tell you, the Gallup poll report that there's 150 million people, one in 30 in the world, they want to come to the United States if they have a chance. Hmm. And 80% of Americans, 80% of Americans, they believe that their community are a good place for immigrants. <laughs> so, so that make, well, a, make America very, very unique, I think. That, that does, especially if people are saying, 80% of the people are saying we welcome immigrants, then uh, it kind of defies what you hear in politics. But that's so inspiring because I think then people must realize the value of that. So how do we prepare the next generation to be successful in the same way? Well, in... Um in 2020, um, this country will probably going to generate a little over 6 million jobs, high-tech new jobs in this four field we call it STAMP. That stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. Mm. And, uh, and because the 3D printing technology, the robotic technology, I think the manufacturing are all coming back to the United States may not be next week or next month, but probably within five years. I think because the 3Ds, because of robotic, it would take the advantage out of China, out of India, out of Brazil, it's mm. just because they have a cheap labor, or, or Vietnam or Cambodia. Mm-hmm. I think these are coming back. And, but the problem is, there's only 15%, one five, 15% of our high school seniors today express their interest in this STEM field or STEM study. Mm. Um, and then, you know, 50% of the graduate student in the, in the double E program in this country today, 50% were foreign nationals. Oh. And so I think these are are alarming uh, uh, data. We, we really need to, need to figure out a way that we can encourage our own kids, high mm-hmm. school graduates, to get more interested in these four fields. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I have three kids, and I, I watch them grow. I watch them, you know, become a, a young adult and everything. And um, I, I just feel like the... In the high school, there's, there's people who call themselves a career counselor. I, I believe they need, to, they need to give those students a little more of what I call is dose of reality. Mm, um, yeah. Because they are career counselors. They're not wishful thinking counselors, you know. And, um, and um, um, I, I just believe that, you know, we need to... We, we, we just really need to let them understand that the study science, technology, engineering, mathematics, it's going to be a little difficult in college, 
uh, compared with study, um, you know, uh, Asian culture uh, study. I mean, I'm not saying those are not important. Those are mm-hmm. important. But we need really, in this country, if we want to, uh, if we really want to, to, um, to make sure that we're still the, the, the leader in the technology for the uh, 21st century, we really, really, really need to have more engineers. So, mm-hmm. yes, I think that's how, that's how I, strong, I feel very strongly. Well, and it's not, my understanding is we have demand for these kinds of jobs today that we can't fill. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's why I think, I think the, uh, the immigration reform is so important. Uh, Somehow Mm -hmm. we really need to increase the H-1B visa quota because Mm -hmm. if 50% of the graduate student in double E program, just one double E program today, if they were all foreign nationals, if we don't let these kids stay here, they're all going to go back to their own country, and pretty soon they're going to compete with us. And right. we educate them. You know, we have 17 out of the 20 best universities in the world, all here in the United States. So we really educate a tremendous amount of good, good, good engineers, developers, every day. And why can't we let them stay here? Mm. Um, so, but again, you know, <laughs> Olivia, that's, that's be, beyond my pay grade. So I don't, uh, I don't the know politics. how to do all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Well, it, it's frustrating, and I, I think there's all kinds of power struggles in that world. But um, do you see, do you um, have any connection with people that are trying to change the education system? Do people seem to be aware of this outside of the immigration? Immigrant community? Well, yeah, yeah. I've been, well, since I wrote a book uh, called The Guardians of the Dream, I, I had a little book talk. I started at Harvard, and then I went to Connecticut, went to New York, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles. I've been talking to a lot of people. Um, and, yes, Great. They, they all share my concern. They, they want to figure out, you know, um, uh, what can we do? But one of the one of the very interesting questions uh, people keep asking me is they want to know uh, are their son or their daughter or their granddaughter or grandson can be an entrepreneur. They were always wondering, you know. Mm. <laughs> they asked me to talk to them, to touch them, and to see are they entrepreneurial material, <laughs> that kind of thing. So you know, yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, and it sounds like. There's probably room for entrepreneurs and for people in big companies, you know, around the different skills, the uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, right. But I, I fear that our schools were designed years ago to create kind of rote workers that could follow orders, and it just does not educate correctly anymore for what we're facing. So um, I'm really interested in seeing the, the schools wake up you know, even down mm-hmm. to the grammar school to get kids doing fun science projects and more hands-on uh, experiments that they could fuel their interest in things that would spy- inspire. And I know with women, I just saw a statistic that something like 70% of young girls like science mm-hmm. and math, and by the time they reach high school, it's down to under 20%. I might be off in those numbers, but... 
Um, right. But I, I was a math major, and uh, I was usually the only girl in most of my classes. So right. I, right. I think. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, and well, you know, I think I think uh, as a parent, as a teacher, I think there's there are things that we can do. Uh, I have two daughters, and one son, and and both of my daughters were were a technology major and uh, um and also i i like them to be at least to try to be an entrepreneur because not everybody can be an entrepreneur you got to have that kind of a you know uh, what do you call that a, a, a drive or a strong need you know to yeah. to have to to fill your to fulfill your creativity and all that otherwise you know it it doesn't necessarily we need all people all kids to become entrepreneurs but mm-hmm. but you know but as a parent i think i think there's things that to me i think you can do um you know the old saying you lead a lead a horse to the water and mm-hmm. but you have no control how much they're going to drink or when they're going to drink <laughs> but at least you know they see the water so when yeah. my kids were young when they were 7 you know 6 7 8 years old I encourage them to start their own lemonade stand because oh. I believe to sell lemonades are much better than Girl Scout cookies, especially for girls, you know, mm-hmm. because you're, you're selling something you have no control, you know, about the product. But lemonade, mm-hmm. you know, you can't. And, mm. and most importantly, I, don't, I just cannot believe there's any other simpler or easier way to teach the five, six, seven-year-old about five of the most important elements to be successful in business, which is product, process, control, intellectual property rights, and customer. So these mm. are five most important things. But to encourage them to have their own lemonade stand, they easily they understand all that. You know, if, if little Jennifer have a better formula to make their lemonade taste better, she's not going to share with her own sister, you know, because she wants <laughs> to sell more lemonade. I mean, and then she also understands how to please the customer. So these are the five most important elements. And I, I think by, by encouraging them to have their own lemonade stand, it's just, it just wonderful, you know, wonderful mm. to, to get through their mind. Yeah. yeah, that's a great story. And we're just up on a break, so... Why don't we do the break? And um, again, my guest today is Dr. Paul Shu, and he's author of Guardians of the Dream, and you can find that on Amazon, um, The Enduring Legacy of Americans' Immigrants. And we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? 
Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be? Or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rudd. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here, and my guest today is Dr. Paul Shu, and he's author of Guardians of the Dream. The Enduring Legacy of Americans' Immigrants. And before the break, we were talking about uh, the importance of innovation and the entrepreneurial spirit and how there's a lot of demand and certainly growing demand for people with technology skills and uh, how we want to maybe inform this educational system and teach our children to invite them to be entrepreneurial. And I love, uh, Paul, I love your story about the uh, lemonade stand. And I'm just curious if you know if people tend to follow in their parents' footsteps. So if their parents are entrepreneurs, do children tend to be more entrepreneurial? Do you think? Just curious if you have any Uh, thoughts about that. Yes, because, you know, because the parents... um, Parents, well, people tend to talk about something they know the best. So mm-hmm. at the at the kitchen table uh, or dinner table, they always talk about, you know, things they, they do that day. And uh, so if, um, if the father or mother, the doctor, the medical doctor, they talk about things like that. And mm-hmm. eventually we'll get the kids interested in it. So I think, I think the environment um, means a lot for, for the kids to, uh, uh, to uh, you know, to you know, to learn in 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 the future of the things that they feel like is very interested in. So yeah, yeah. I think that has something to do with that. Yeah. Well, and my uh, late husband and I am, are both entrepreneurs, or he was, and I am, and so I have three kids, and two of them are entrepreneurs, and one of them is a is trying to be, but he's still working, you know, in a regular job. So. <laughs> Um, that was what made me curious is that that was my mother was as well and that's kind of what I saw growing up so I did work in the corporate world for years but I found the structure to be a bit stifling and um, so you know I kind of went out on my own and luckily I hit the right field of data mining so I was fortunate to um, be able to do that and you know as the the economy got more complex and I saw the importance of the human element, you know, the human capital, that's really what gave me the passion to do this show, which is sort of another entrepreneurial exercise. So it's all interesting. Oh, my God. I, I tell you, you, you never know the, uh, the contribution, the impact that you have done for the uh, business community. I tell you, I, oh. I, I listen I to your show. I listen to your voice. I can feel oh. the enthusiasm. You know, you really have, have 
a big impact, you know, to this. Well, thank you. I really mean it, yes. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Well, so um, during the break, we mentioned a little bit about your work with the Defense Department, so I'd love to have you share that with the audience. And so maybe share how you used innovation in the Defense Department to help the effectiveness and safety of our fighting forces. Okay. Well, I, I, um, at, as you know, you mentioned I, I, um, I am a first-generation immigrant, and I, I went to school in Missouri, and, and after that, I was looking for a job uh, just like every other American. And uh, so I got a job um, uh, I, I working for a company called Harris Corporation. And Harris was one of the 500, you know, Fortune 500 defense aerospace company. So we were doing well. I was, uh, you know, I was engineer, and uh, and then and then within three years, I got promoted to a, to a chief engineer. So I was I was in charge, you know, production. I was in charge of the design, and uh, so we were, you know, we were building the parts for the Canadian F-15s and F-16s uh, aircraft. And so everything was just perfect. I was very happy. I bought a house in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, and I have three kids. They were just, you know, young, and my wife was happy and everything. Well, <laughs> the Berlin Wall tumbling down. The Soviet Union disappeared. So, and, um, and then the De- Department of Defense started cutting budget, and so Harris started laying off people. Mm. My boss came to me and asked me to, to move from Florida to New York, and because they fixed to close the Florida operation, so I that kind of a trigger me to start my own business. I was afraid, you know, I may get lay off again. And but I want to, I want to do something with my hands. I want to, you know, I'm I'm always, you know, want to create something. So, mm-hmm. so make a long story short, I create a company called MTI. I stand for Manufacturing Technology. Um, I'm doing. The only things I know, I, I know how, how to do, which is put the electronic together. So, mm-hmm. as we grow, it's very difficult. The first couple of years was horrible. Um, I remember, I was a consultant engineer, so I was working part time for everybody in a little town called Fort Walton Beach. And my wife one time had to work at Pizza Hut as a, <laughs> as a waitress. So mm-hmm. my kids have a have a vivid memory about their, their mother, you know, uh, wearing this little uniform and collect the, the changes from the table because we have only one car. So I have to, I have to drive my kids to pick, them, pick her up, you know, after oh. shift ended about 11.30, 12 o'clock at night. So wow. anyway, so <laughs> anyway, so that's, I wasn't very proud to, to mention all that, but that's, that's really hey, what happened. Hey, that's the sacrifice, so, you know. That's yeah, what gets so, you there. And so. Anyway, so, I, uh, so the company uh, started growing, MTI. So um, uh, Boeing, uh, Boeing it's used to call McDonnell Douglas, um, started talking to me about building some, you know, some simple devices called relay module assembly. And so I started building the relay module. Uh, for the for the A12 program, which is the the program later get canceled, and instead of you know uh, submit the, the the claim to my 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 uh, my customer, I figure out a way that I can work with with McDonnell Douglas. So the the device we designed, developed, and manufactured for the A12 program, it 
today it used to it 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 apply to F15 F16 AVAT45 so wow. all the uh the McDonnell Douglas fighter jet are using these devices so that's great and that's really you know that really um kind of uh, encouraged me to to grow a little more you know with with McDonnell Douglas and then McDonnell Douglas changed hand to become Boeing and so so the horizon even getting a little further now. So, yeah. So one time, uh, my little company, MTI, we have a thousand people, and um, and we were told that if you see a flying object uh, overhead, as long as it's not commercial, I don't care. It's a F F fifteen, F sixteen, AVA, T forty five, E one, B two, or B fifty two. Our little company, MTI, has something to do with it. Wow. And um, so that that also say how wonderful this country is. Mm-hmm. As a first-generation immigrant, you know, my company, my little company in Fort Walton Beach, will have that kind of involvement with our national defense. Yeah. That reminds me, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan once said, you can go to France, you can go to Italy, you never become a French or Italian, but you come to America, hey, there's a chance you become American, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, uh, I, I just, yeah, I really, that's why I don't, I don't take nothing for granted. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever this country have offered to me. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's so impressive. And I, I really appreciate you sharing how you struggled. And I will, I'll say the same thing. When my kids were little and I was trying to build a business, I delivered newspapers so that I could oh. work around <laughs> it and, you know, and I had a math degree and people treated me like I was not very important because of it. So I got to feel how people right. look at, you know, people who they think aren't smart or educated or whatever. Um, it wow. gave me a real appreciation for people who serve us. And, uh, you know, wow. and it gave me the means to not have to put my kids in daycare, but also be able to do other things. And, and I did it for many years. So, um I yeah, I mean it's a little maybe I was embarrassed to share it at one point, but now I'm kind of proud of it because it allowed me to get where I am. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's very great. humble beginning, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, um, so what do you think immigrants could teach Americans? We talked a little bit about this, but maybe just in general. Right. Well, I, I think the you know, at, uh, like I, I was mentioned before, immigrants never never take anything for granted, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, and that you know, immigrants and entrepreneurs really have a lot of things in common. Uh, I think that's that's something that America can learn from the immigrants and. Uh, but on the side note, I, I think you know you mentioned about entrepreneur, you know, uh, uh, a couple of times. You know, they're they're big difference between to me between entrepreneur and business owner, um, mm-hmm. because people did ask me that question. I, I think I think the the biggest difference between entrepreneur and business owner is the size of their dreams and the the limit of their their imagination. Um, oh. So I I encourage people, yes. You you like to be a business owner. You, you you like to start with with a business, but 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 don't don't just limit yourself. You know, with one store, uh, you need to think bigger. You need to you know you need to be a be a, become an entrepreneur, mm. um, and and that's you know and that will give you a, a, a much better much better future. I I think well, you know so. that's <laughs> that's interesting because. 
I never thought about it, but you're right. Somebody could actually have money. Let's say they inherited money. They could buy a business and, and run it, but not really right. be an entrepreneur at all. And it sounds like what you're saying is the entrepreneur will want to see how they could change it or grow it or, or get excited about new possibilities for the business and, and use the imagination and maybe, um, yeah, so that, that was yeah. my, my thinking of yeah, that contrast. Yeah, always think about something, you know, it will happen this week or next week. And, uh, but entrepreneurs think, you know, things may happen in six months. And business owners are very sentimental about their business because the business is coming from the father, the grandfather, whatever. But mm. entrepreneurs, you know, focus on growth. They think the company is just an asset, an asset to develop. So once they develop this country, I mean this company, and they would like to sell the company, and then they move on to up to other project. And uh, so they, yeah, do they need outside investor? Yes, they do. But a small business, um, you know, a small store, they they don't really want to give up that kind of a uh, equities and all that. And and uh, and you, you know, uh, but the bottom line is the small business. I want to own the business, but the entrepreneur, they always think about the solution uh, to the market needs. So mm-hmm. whatever they need, you know, uh, they they want to provide. And and uh, well, think about think about Google, think about Microsoft, think about Starbucks, you know, think about you know eBay and 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 Amazon. They 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 oh every day, every minute. They try to find some solution to meet the market needs. Mm-hmm. And if the market needs change, trust me, these companies are going to change it with it. And then they go, they're going to provide a better solution. Um, so, so that, that make, it, uh, make it very interesting, make it very challenging to become an entrepreneur or other than just, just be a, a business owner. Yeah, so I, I think that's well, that's something different. Yes. Yeah, and it's the companies you mentioned are large, but I would imagine that there's a very entrepreneurial feel when you work there. Would you Would you agree? Yes, yes, yes. Well, don't don't forget though. Um, don't forget um, TRW used to be small business. You know, there's the three guys. You know. Tom, uh, Roger, and uh, and William. You know they started. Uh-huh. So PRW Hewlett Packard is a Hewlett and Packard. There's two guys uh-huh. started with their in the garage, and Microsoft, you know, and Google. So they right. all started yeah. with a very very small business, and then because in United States, because America, we have the infrastructure, we have the we have the uh, environment. For these companies to grow, you know, if you look at, if you look at all these Fortune 500 companies, um, and you know, we have more privately owned Fortune 500 companies than any other country in the world, and uh, because we, we have the environment, we have the mm-hmm. the infrastructure, you know, to to help these these entrepreneur quote unquote uh, to mm-hmm. grow their business. Yeah, that makes it's- the country. Very unique. Yeah, it just seems like the uh, education system is where we we maybe want to have the most impact to keep to continue to create 
people who have that um, have the ability and and also it's like a I don't think of schools as being uh, the kind of place where kids learn or get excited about becoming entrepreneurs. I mean, maybe a rare school or a rare teacher, but it's not mm. part of this the school ethos to to say we're going to churn out entrepreneurs. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's that's why you know I I think I think that the main message uh, we like to we really like to to share with our. Our, our young people in this great country of ours is, you know, America, it's just really, our, our time had not yet come yet, mm. you know, um, because not only we have the largest economy, uh, we are still the leader of all the technologies, and we, you know, we're still the world's longest-running democracy, and, uh, but to support our growth, we need energy. My God. America, we are going to become an uh, energy-independent country because mm-hmm. last year, in 2013, we became the number one natural gas-producing country in the world. We mm-hmm. produce more natural gas than any other country in the world. And next year, 2015, we will become the number one oil-producing country in the world. We produce more oil than Saudi Arabia and Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, wow. you know, my God, it, it's, and, and because the 3D technology, because the robotic technology, is, as once the, the manufacturing is coming back to this country, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the reason why in 2020, I honestly believe this country is going to generate over 6 million high-tech new jobs in mm. these four fields. And I just wish our youngster, you know, in college senior, I mean, uh, high school seniors can see the picture, can see it, and, uh, and said, yes, I want to be part of that. I want to, I want to be part of these growth. I, I don't want to just sit in the sideline and watch other people grow. I want to be part of that. I, yeah. I think that's the really true message we need to, we need to spread it out. Oh, thank you. Well, we're actually up on our second break. I can't believe how time time is just flying by. Um, so I want to reintroduce you. My guest today is uh, Dr. Paul Shu, and he's author of Guardians of the Dream, and I really recommend this book. And um, so we will be back in a few minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for the second stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. 
We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here. I'm with my guest, Dr. Paul Shu, and we are talking about strength through diversity, our immigrant heritage. And Paul is author of Guardians of the Dream, the Enduring Legacy of America's Immigrants. So before the break, we were really getting into um, the rich kind of American economy and how how it's growing, how there are so many opportunities for people in technology, how we can inspire young people. And I think something, Paul, that would be really inspirational to our listeners is some of the other businesses that you created and maybe where these ideas came from and why you think they were successful. Yeah, okay. Well, in the past, I, I created uh, a, a few companies, and um, um, I guess you can call me a... Uh, uh, entrepreneur. Um, the first company I created is called MTI. And um, um, in 2005, when the company grew to a thousand people, I knew that um, you know the defense budget was probably going to taper down. And uh, either I want to be uh, I want to acquire other companies, or my company should be part of uh, other bigger companies. So. So make a long story short, the company acquired by BAE System, uh, Bridge Aerospace. And, uh, and then after that, um, I created two more companies. Uh, one is called uh, TPP, uh, Total Parts Plus. We are specializing in the obsolescence management uh, systems. Uh, uh, remember, I built all kinds of parts uh, for all different type of aircrafts. Now, these mm-hmm. parts are electronic parts. So in order to figure out the way that these parts availability for the future maintenance, I think I'm the perfect company to create a database to provide that kind of a data to people and, and mm. say, okay, uh, these are the parts, you know, how many people like, uh, like uh, Texas Instruments, uh, uh, National Semiconductors, and they all build these waivers, and inside the waiver they, they have all these little little chips, and the chips become an integrated circuit, and how many of these exist, and, um, and how many, you know, where you can find them. So that's TPP. And mm. uh, we, um, uh, we grow from obsolescent management to environmental compliances, and also recently uh, the, when the Doc Frank uh, passed the Congress become the, the, the law of the land, and the conflict mineral reporting become very important. And so we're just, you know, I just want to let you know I'm no genius. Uh, I, I don't, you know, yes, I can see opportunity, but, but again, you know, it's the environment will help me to create, to grow my company. Mm-hmm. So today we are, we're working 
with Boeing, with Lockheed Martin, Texas Instrument, uh, Airbus, Harris, and um, and many other companies like Apple and all that. So, and then the 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 the, the third company I created is called Actigraph. Actigraph is the activity monitor, um, and this was nineteen uh, I think nineteen ninety nine. Uh, one of the, uh, the business associate in Florida Beach, um, the company, uh, he called me and he said the company fixed to a file bankruptcy. So, so he wanted to sell me this particular, a little line of business. So I bought it and, um, and I, I pay, pay him to, to get this actograph. And after that, I grow, uh, I redesigned the whole thing. And, uh, so just, just recently we won the contract from NIH, stand for National Institute of Health. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for the next couple of years when the, 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 when the United States are ready to do any kind of a study on obesity or, or, uh, cancer study or Alzheimer's and what our product will be needed, uh, to support the government study. And, That's amazing. Uh, and another company I created is called it's called Shu Enterprise uh, because the air pollution in China are getting so bad. So, mm. so we are going there to help the, the the Chinese to clean up their air. So, and all these are just happening, you know. As long as you know you you see the opportunity, and I guess I guess that gave you the drive to do it. Yeah. Wow. It's and yeah. You mentioned healthcare. That's another big growing area for technology I think so that's really inspiring so many things so I'm curious because you said MTI was up to a thousand employees at one time and um, I would imagine hiring the right people is really important how what are, what are your thoughts about when you start a business who you go to get to support you what are the things you look for well I uh, <laughs> I, I hire people um I really like to see their uh, their entrepreneurship in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important for uh, for business owner for entrepreneur to uh, to really concentrate on that and uh, and not worrying about you know the people might leave you and uh, and start their own start their own company and everything. So I, I think that's that's very important. That's brave. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, to survive in business, um, you, you really, you do. You do need to have excellent people. People kind of believe in your company and share your goal. Um, but like I said, you know, you have no choice but helping them to learn and to improve their own skill. And, um, and if you don't, then they will lose the enthusiasm and they will leave. But again... Mm-hmm. Don't worry about they might leave you to start their own business because not everyone in your company can be or want to be an entrepreneur like you. I think that's right. really the key. So people really have to understand that. Entrepreneurs, again, like I, I, you, know, you and I mentioned a couple of times, a very unique group of people. Now, if you can do, can create a things I call it, the culture of opportunity within. In mm. other words, people know that that they can they can move up within your company. Um, then you you will you will win their loyalty and their commitment. 
like like I mentioned, these two companies, TPP and Actigraph. Both TPP and Actigraph were were also you know uh, owned by by the people who used to work with me at MTI. So they become okay. my strategic partner. They become uh, my suppliers and all that. So it, it's nothing wrong, you know. And since they share with they share my dream, they they understand the entrepreneurship, and I want them to be my partner. So and they grow so rapidly. <laughs> so yeah, and um, um, so even they they want to leave the company to start their own, no problem. At the end, again, they can be your strategic partner. So, and yeah, remember, in the successfulness in business is this: you never, you never give up your equity too soon, and you never give up your equity too late. You you just have to have that 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 instant, you know, to know when you share and how much you share. You don't want to lose the control, but you also want to give people hope. I think that's right. the key. And, and to mm-hmm. me, the golden handcuff you know, concept works in the past 150 years. And trust me, it will work for the next 150 years. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. Well, I think that makes so much sense because people, because of the skills needed to be successful today, you often can't always do what everybody in your company does, right? You have to right. be a more of a partner. Uh, and empower people, and I think you must be such an inspiring manager. <laughs> oh no, no, thank you, thank you, Olivia. No, <laughs> I just, you know, um, I, I guess I just, I just shared, shared the goal, and I think, I think an owner, uh, an entrepreneur, uh, also understand when you ask your people to share the pain, to grow. I think you need to have a heart big enough uh, to share the game. Uh, so a little things like, okay, if we meet this goal, if company make this much money, then, you know, 25% of the earning will be, you know, share as a bonus or something like that, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and, and this is, you know, and this is before tax, you know, profit. So the employees will help you to pay part of the taxes which is, you know, nothing, really, nothing wrong with that. You know, you give $100, you actually only give $70, not 100 right. <laughs> You know, and yeah. so, but, but people feel differently. I mean, really feel differently. They, 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 they kind of believe in you, mm-hmm. and, and, and they, will, they want to be part of you to grow the company. Yeah, it sounds like trust is critical. You have to build right. trust. <laughs> and, uh... Well, that's great. So, do you think American America can continue to be great if we get our act together? <laughs> well, uh, like I said, we have all the infrastructure to be great. Um, you know, uh, our GDPs, our energy supply, and we're still the leader of technology. And uh, and also, we have these things called American dream. Mm. Um, you know, with all these five five elements. And make America very, very unique. And mm. uh, I think we got we got all the things it takes to to lead the world, uh, you know, continuously. Yeah. Um, I, I just hope we don't give up that kind of a position. Uh, we are the hope. We really, really, Olivia, we're the hope 
for the world. You know, mm. 150 million people, if they can, they want to move to the United States tomorrow. They want to give up everything, you know. And, wow. and we're the people, we say, yes, please come. My community is really great for immigrants. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> what a, what a well, combination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to go back a little because you mentioned um, our energy. Do you, what do you think about alternative energy as a, a source of in, renewables, perhaps, as a way for us to explore innovation? And, and why don't you think we do more of that? Well, it's great, but the technology is not there yet. Okay, mm, so yeah. if you if you add all the solar, the wind, the bio, if you add all these together, it probably equal to one, probably one tenth of one percent. You, you know, I'm not saying it's not good. Yes, it is good, but we're not there yet. Um, mm. And uh, you know, uh, it may be five years from now. You know, uh, Tesla would become the the number one cars in in in, uh, in the United States. But still, you you still have to have all these charging stations from New York, you know, to Los Angeles. You, mm-hmm. you know, and before you have that, it just it's just not not quite feasible yet. Of course, yeah. you know, it depends on why you like to have the car. If you make yourself feel better, yes. That's a good reason for you to own a Tesla, uh, you know. <laughs> but it's not quite not quite feasible yet. So yeah. since we become the number one producer for natural gas last year, and we will become the number one oil producer uh, uh, next year, 2015. We have plenty of uh, uh, energy, and as long as we use it more efficiently, we're not going to pollute that much. Why not? Why not use what we have yeah, and benefit yeah. ourselves, you know, instead of, instead of pursuing something we don't have it yet? Yeah, I, I, well. I don't know. It just, you know, yeah. I, I, just, it, um, I guess it takes kind of a balanced approach and right. some of it's, you know, a big right. or, organizations and political will and all that. But, um, but thank you. That's great. So we have about a minute left. You just maybe have one comment about or or something inspiring if you were talking to some say young kids that that uh, are looking to you for guidance what would you tell them well i um i remember uh a mother she worked for me and uh she she asked me to talk to his son uh who's going to just graduate from from high school and uh going to college and he wanted he wanted to major in music, and uh, mm. so the mother wanted me to talk to him. So, so uh, little David came in, and I I, I sat him down. You know, uh, I asked little David. I said, "You like music?" Oh, he said, "Yes, sir." I when I play guitar, I'm just I'm just out of this world. I'm just I'm totally in a different world. You know, I really mm. really enjoy that. I said, okay, great. I said, David, that's, that's really, that shows lots of enthusiasm, conscientiousness about, about creating new music and everything. I said, but how much do you think you can, you can make as a, as a magician, as a, as a guitar player? And he said, well, I can work in the bar. I can, I can do this. I can, you know, all that. 
And uh, so he said, well, this, I think I can make this much, you know, because he actually, he worked in the summer, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know how much the software, uh, software engineer can make, you know, in this country? I said, look at that guy, look at that guy, look at that guy. They're, they're software engineer, they're developers, you know. I said, you know how much they make? So when I give him the number, he go, wow, you know. <laughs> so that really kind of a little dose of reality, you know. And I, yeah. said, I said, okay, how many hours that you think will make you happy to play, play, play guitar? And he says, well, at least a couple of hours a day. I said, eight mm-hmm. hours? He says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's plenty. I said, bingo. I said, listen, you have 24 hours a day. So you play guitar for eight hours, you sleep eight hours, and you still have another eight hours working <laughs> as a software engineer. So you, you, can, you can be both. That's great. And That's great. My God, well, he, he did major in computer science, you know, so uh, he's very well, happy. Yeah. Well, and what's so great about that is a lot of the brain uh, makeup is similar. Like they say, you know, when you study music, it, it's good for learning how to program, you know, because it's right. uh, a little bit of the same brain development. Well, we are just about out of time. So I want to just thank you for being my guest today. And I hope you'll come back and visit us again. Okay. Thank you so much for the uh, opportunity. I really my appreciate pleasure. it, Olivia. Oh, my Keep pleasure. Keep up the good work. Keep Thanks. Keep up the good work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. So next week, my guest will be Allison Conte, and we'll be discussing vertical development in leadership. So you won't want to miss this. I'm your host, Olivia Parrood, saying thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights, and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights. Please join your host, Olivia Parr-Rood, again next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 